Welcome to Sober Solutions. We are a weekly recovery podcast, not affiliated with any particular 12-step or recovery program. However, you may hear us mention them. My name is Jason, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Chris, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Ben. I'm an alcoholic and addict. And welcome back to episode 24 of Sober Solutions podcast. Tonight, we're going to be talking about judgment and intolerance, something I think all of us alcoholics and addicts struggle with inside and outside of the rooms. And Ben, why don't you get us kicked off tonight? The uh, judgment is, it's actually something that I'm uh, dealing with. I've been dealing with it for a little while. I was speaking to my sponsor about it the other day. And I find myself judging people in the rooms and people with that like coming coming in um, you know, ju- the, just coming in now, uh, and and I I don't know if it's because it's Zoom or I I can't figure it out, but I spend time looking at the Hollywood squares of recovery, and I look and I I go, I judge them, I judge pe- I just judge people based on their shares, based on. Uh, how often they show up, how how they participate, and 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 I, I I can't figure out why. So I was talking to my sponsor about it, and and he he brought up tolerance, and and it's now that I've I've gotten past a year, and I, I kind of I don't look at myself as a newcomer in the time sense. Uh, it's this weird thing and I don't know when it happened I have no idea how it started it just became this thing where I started to look at new pe- people when they came in and said I didn't I didn't do it like that I came in with enthusiasm and I came in with with vigor and 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 I really wanted this and and then I look at people and I make a judgment about them and go I wonder how serious that person is and then I you know, when if somebody goes out, I'm not surprised. In the back of my mind, I'm going, I knew it. Huh. I knew it. Told you so. And I don't know who I'm talking to because it's just me. It's just me. And I and it's and it's just bothersome, to be honest with you. To 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 make a judgment about a person that I don't even know when that didn't happen to me. You know, and you know, like people didn't judge me. Maybe they judged me when I said, you know, when I would ramble on, but they didn't say it to me. And so I'd say, uh, yeah, no, judgment and intolerance is a, uh, it's a big, it's a big pain in the ass. So where do you think that that stems from? Is it, is it fear-based? Is it, I feel like my program's better than yours? If you kind of thought about it, where would that come from? I think it, it, I mean, well, it's funny. This episode's not about ego, but ego just finds its way into everything. And I don't subconsciously, you know, think my program is better than anybody because it works for me and and all that good stuff. And But, I mean, I take this stuff so seriously. I take it like this is, you know, we hear a lot of hyperbole about it's life or death. And, you know... For some people, it literally is life or death. They go back out one more time, and it could be death. 
with alcohol, it's not necessarily that that way, but it's it's a metaphor for me that if I continue down the path that I was on, or if I get back on that path, then you know, obviously death is certain for all of us, but but a much sooner death, you know, comes into play. And so I take it so seriously and I have seen the fruits of my labor to this point and and I just I don't I don't know where it what you know it, there's there's somebody who came into the room probably six months ago or something so, somewhere in that time frame and he, he would he would always come on come, you know his shares were very up they were just they were kind of, there was something about them that I didn't I didn't like and uh, then he had he had a, he, he had a, uh, his his first son. And then every morning in the meetings, his son was on his lap. And I'm sitting there judging him because he's got his son on his lap. And and for me, it's this, like, you got to get it, man. Like, And it's not, I'm not speaking to him specifically, but, like, this shit is no joke. You have to do this every single day, all the time. And even when you think you got it, you don't have it. And the, and so for me, it's it's just... I just remember coming in like vulnerable and like not knowing at all what was going on. Like I, I just remember being completely lost and, and, and I, I, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know. It's, I want to say, I'm not, I don't think it's bitterness, but like, I feel like if you come into the room and you look like you have your shit all together my brain immediately goes, what are you, what are you doing? What, how are you, what are you doing here? If you have everything together and the shares are all good and you're hot, you've got your higher power. And for me, I think it was important that I identified it. Number one, number two, I spoke to my sponsor about it because I don't want this kind of stuff to manifest. I don't want this to go on. Like, yes, this is, hopefully this is a phase and I stop judging people. Probably not though, because I've always judged people. But but yeah, no, it's a great question. I don't know if it's fear based or I feel like it's probably ego driven. Yeah, and we we talked a little bit about that on our last episode. Um, you know, having that that ego and you know having that be a constant daily struggle. Chris, what do you think about this? You know, it, it sounds to me that Ben has a preconceived notion of what he thinks his program is and comparing that to other people's program, whether that be a judgment or not. What are your thoughts on this topic? I mean, the, my, my initial thought is I, I feel like I judge myself a lot. And because of that, I become the person that you question of why you're here. So I can fake pretty much anyone out and be a chameleon and say the right thing at the right time and share the right way for any particular meeting. And I would say I can relate to almost anyone um, in any facet. And, you know, and I think that stems from, and, and I, I don't know if I'm always a hundred percent honest in meetings. And I think that's because I'm afraid of the judgment of others. So I say, you know, 
well, I'm doing well. And, you know, I say I, I go on both sides and I play the middle ground. Um, but that all stems from being afraid that people are judging me. Uh, I do see what Ben says a lot because there's other times, you know, maybe I'm celebrating six months or whatever, and I'm on riding this high. I was actually at a meeting a couple weeks ago and I saw this, I don't know, he had to be like eight years old. Um, and NA can be a little more, I would say like cross that, you know, a little harder than AA in general. Um, in not a bad or good way, just kind of how is what I've seen. And it was also a nine o'clock meeting. And this kid, you know, eight year old kid is with his mother who's sitting there. And I was like, you know, I have two kids and I'm all I'm thinking about is how is this eight year old out at nine to 10 at night? He's not going to go home. And that's like, what's going through my mind, basically judging this woman for being there. And, you know, it, it turns out that She's, I think she was celebrating 10 years and her husband overdosed and, you know, she couldn't get a babysitter that night, but she was at that meeting for other people. And I'm sitting there across the room, not even a year clean, judging this woman who's doing everything she can to be the best person she can. So I do, I do see what Ben's saying, you know, it, we get on these egocentric driven highs and we think we're better than, and we think our program's better than, and we think we know the answer. I mean, I've been at it for five, six years, Jason, 10 years. Like who am I to ever judge someone? Right. I, I think that's, that's the question, you know, and, and I think that one of the things that we have to do ourselves is first identify the fact that we are going to judge. And we've talked about having that first thought and then that first action or that first thought and the second thought. And knowing that I judge people, knowing that judgment is a character defect of mine. And even if I do work a program that include the, the 12 steps of recovery and I work through steps six and seven, to rid myself of these character defects, you don't actually lose them. You just, for me, you learn how to manage them. You learn how to understand them so that I can catch myself in the act. And if I'm judging someone or if I'm intolerant of someone, I can call myself out on it, do my 10th step where I review my day tell on myself that, hey, you judged so-and-so, you were intolerant of X, Y, Z. How am I going to be better tomorrow? And I think that self-awareness is a big piece of it. I, I just did a presentation for a conference last week on emotional intelligence. And one of the key components of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. And having that sense of self is so key to building relationships, communicating with other people, and being able to live the lives we need to live as sober people. So I, I definitely think that you're, you're spot on. You know, the um, next day after I spoke to my sponsor about it, I ended up getting a tag to chair the Saturday men's meeting. And... I had, I had come down 
Um, I was literally just throwing the meeting on, like it was get I gotten out of bed late. It was just throwing the meeting on, and, and I was the thirteenth guy in the room, and that's how we we picked it in uh, in the Zoom era. And they were like, "Hey, you're thirteen, and I'm like, "Son of a bitch, you can't pass," you know. And it was like seven fifty nine, so my hair is every which way. It like I I didn't have a time to get a hat. I, the 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 flock of seagulls jokes were all over the place. It was, and so I'm like, "What do I want to talk about?" It and, and so I I. I bring up, you know, this, this idea of being vulnerable because here I am with my flopping hair everywhere. And, and so, it, you know, that's, I literally just threw something out and, and it's a mid Saturday men's meeting. It doesn't matter. You literally throw anything out there and, and you're going to get guys to talk. But so I, I threw out vulnerability and, and it's not easy to get, you know, 40, 50 guys to be vulnerable. And so that we're going through the meeting and guys start sharing and then it just kind of builds on one, one person's vulnerable, then the next and the next. And you're just, it, it's just this, this, this crescendo of masculine vulnerability to the point where you, guys are going on tirades and, and not tirades, I shouldn't say tirades, but they're literally pouring everything out. And now I'm sitting here going, oh my God, come on guys. Like we have three more people. We have seven minutes come on, like, and now, like, so literally within an hour and 13 minutes, I went from myself being vulnerable to speaking about my vulnerability to getting so that others could speak about their vulnerability. And inside that time frame, I ended up then judging them for being vulnerable. And it was like, and it, and, and so, you know, to your, to your point, Jason, that, we have, once we identify these things, then we have the chance to work on them and, and correct them. And I don't even have, I didn't even have to wait for the next day to say, I'm going to be better. It was, oh, wait a second. Hold on. Like every one of these guys did exactly what you asked. And that takes a lot. That's not an easy thing to do, to, to be vulnerable, especially in an, in a, in an atmosphere where you're supposed to be, you know, the, the man, you're supposed to be macho and, I've got this shit. And, and so right away I was able to, you know, kind of see that and just really quick, just kind of, you know, tap into some of the things that work for me, like, you know, reflecting on 417 and acceptance and being like, Hey, this is exactly where they are. And that's exactly where they need to be. And that's fine. Like I was where I was, I needed to be at, at whatever point I am now. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's a, the identification and again, just everything goes back to honesty. If you're honest with yourself, and then all of a sudden, it's a little bit easier to kind of deal with that stuff. Page 417, uh, the program I, I work, uh, AA, in, in the big book. Um, it starts off, uh, it's actually the second paragraph on the page, but um, acceptance is the answer to all of my problems today. And it essentially it's saying that I can't accept my own uh, alcoholism. I can't accept my own faults until I accept that everything else in the world is happening is exa exactly the way it should be. And so I can't, you know, I can't look and say, I look inward to myself and say, all right, I accept who I am, but then not accept everyone else. Because the idea is that we are all exactly 
the way we should be at this time. These are the things that are they're happening now for a reason and whether we understand it or not. And so acceptance is the answer to all of my problems. And it really is a foundational phrase for me because it just, it, it really takes everything down and it doesn't, it's not an excuse or a cop out or, you know, letting people off the hook or it's, it's just literally about acceptance. And so that way I can kind of ease the burden on myself and I don't have to feel like that I should be doing more or less because I'm doing exactly what I should be at that moment. Yeah. I mean, everyone has flaws, right? And it's accepting that everyone is flawed and we, I, I don't know how many times you find this, but how many times are people sharing and they're just, and it's fine to say people ramble on and on and on sometimes in meetings and you're sitting there and you just stop listening. And all you're thinking about is what you're thinking about of why, when is this guy going to stop? And you know, how many times have people like rolled their eyes in the corner or, uh, you know, I've, I've done it. I've literally sat there and said, Oh my gosh, this guy says the same thing every week. Like, why won't you just get it? And at the end of the day, that's literally the opposite of why we have these meetings. It's to get this stuff off our chest. It's to be in a, a room with your fellow peers and people with the same, same situation and feel comfortable and feel accepted, feel empathetic. And, you know, it, to Jason's point, it's a, it's okay to have that first thought, but it's also better. And it takes work to realize that, um, realize what's going on in your head. You know, the other day I actually met someone in, um, what was it? Moderation management. I think, I think that was the name of the group. It's, it's something similar. I believe, I don't know too much about it, but I think it's similar to smart recovery. It might be science-based. Don't quote me to that. But initially I was like, Oh, what is this moderation management? I haven't heard of it. So it must not be good, you know? And at the end of the day, I mean, how many times have you heard people say, you know what? AA is not for me. And you're just and your initial thought is, okay, they must not take it seriously when they could be doing amazing. I mean, I know, I know a bunch of people actually in smart recovery and they're doing great. And who am I, once again, who am I to say that smart recovery, moderation management, uh, having a life coach or, you know, there's a million different programs or women of recovery, whatever it is, who am I to say that those aren't as good or not as good or better or worse? Right. It, this kind of goes back to um, one of the guests we had. Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I think uh, Matt um, and and he was kind of speaking about how, you know, there is this kind of coming together of recovery and um, the health, you know, in the healthcare system. And, and, and I, I've said it before on this, on the, the, the podcast that somebody in a meeting once said, you know, AA is, is to keep me sober and teach me how to act like an adult. And that's really what recovery is stay sober and be an adult and, you know, take care of your, the things that you need to take care of. And however you do that, you know, I think that's one of the big things too, though, is that however you do that is a fine thing for me to say when I'm being tolerant and accepted. 
but you actually, if you're serious about recovery, then you have to actually find something that does work for you. And that could be your own program. I don't know how well it'll work, but that's me judging. But, you know, it's, it's recovery can look like anything. It doesn't have to look like AA. It doesn't have to look like smart or refuge or moderation. If you're sober and you're being an adult and you're doing the right things. I mean, these programs are based in the basic principles The Jason, you said it to me in rehab, you, you know, all, all the religions are based in one thing, the golden rule. And that's what, you know, that's what the recovery programs are, you know, based in. It's just listed like whether it's CBT to like, you know, having you do cost benefit attitude analysis so that you can understand why you do things and why you treat people a certain way or why you have certain actions. It's all just about just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. And, and yeah, it's, I, I'm, now I'm judging myself for being so judgy. Yeah. You know, the, the last couple of things that I want to say on this, and, and then I do want to switch it over to intolerance, but for me, judgment is a product of unmet expectation. I expect myself to be a certain way, do a certain thing, act a certain way, and I don't, so I judge myself for it. Similarly, I expect you to say certain things or you to act a certain way or you to have a program that I think you should have, and when none of that happens, I judge you for it. The last thing I'll say on this is that I... I really feel that judgment to a certain degree is inevitable. I think that there are, you know, major cases of it which lead into intolerance, but we're making judgments as human beings on a on a minute by minute basis. And I think that the only time we'll, we'll not be judging is when we're not existing anymore. And so I, I just go back to, okay, if I think that, or if I believe that, how do I react to it? Do I use that restraint of pen and tongue to withhold my judgment from being out into the world and internalizing it and thinking about it myself and then, you know, acting accordingly? Or do I have to make an amends because I shot off an email or I said something inappropriate or whatnot? You know, it's, it's all my reactions to it. So the second part of this, this program tonight is really around intolerance. And I really want to touch base on this a little bit. And Chris, why don't you, why don't you start us off on this topic? Intolerance. Let's see. It's that it's unwillingness. I mean, I guess if I were to look it up, it would probably be the unwillingness to accept others' views. And, you know, if, if I looked up at Webster's, that would probably be the definition. But, you know, when, I, when you were talking about that and I was thinking about intolerance, I was kind of thinking about just the general state of addiction. And we could switch um, on and off this subject. But I was kind of thinking of how people view addicts from the outside. That's just like kind of where my mind went. And addiction is not this, uh, I don't know the right word, empathetic disease, like a cancer, you know, it's, it 
someone has cancer, you feel bad for them, right? Like you really feel bad. You want to help them. You say, how can I help you? I'm here for you. What do you need? But someone with addiction, it's the complete opposite, right? You stay away from them. You lose their phone number. Uh, they're, you know, the side effects of, you know, people in my family right now have cancer, weight loss, uh, memory loss, like, but the side effects of addiction is stealing, lying, cheating. It's all these like really nasty things that you don't want to be a part of. And I would say that people, and it's getting better through education, but people are very intolerant towards the disease of addiction. And that's kind of where my, my mind went. Yeah, and I, I was actually having this conversation with uh, a, a friend the other day and I found myself defending addiction as a disease and I just got tired after like five minutes of doing it because I'm like, oh, this is a waste of my time. Like, I don't even care if this individual thinks like this was a choice or this wasn't a choice. It, it's, a, it, you know, and so, I, you know, in, intolerance of the disease is something that I think that we, you know, deal with, which I think is why, you know, the support networks, you know, yeah, cancer, you know, um, you know, cancer survivors and, you know, patients have support groups, but, you know, when you, we talk about these other diseases, you don't see the size of the, the, you know, support groups like AA, NA, all these different types of things, because it is such a, um, just a, just, what's the, it's a, it's a black sheep. You know, it's the black sheep of, of diseases, you know, even and so even when we talk about being tolerant of it, you know, it's there's it is the scary thing. Like Chris, like you said, the side effects are are bad stuff. You know, it's you know, it, you're you're and, and and so, yeah, lack of education is a big issue. But, yeah, I, I, I uh, in, in terms of my own intolerance and I think it kind of bleeds in there a little bit is like I'm I'm kind of intolerant of of, of ignorance. It's, I just I, I just hate it. I, I just it's it's a and, and it's that's where acceptance is a really big thing for me because I'm I'll judge somebody for being what I perceive them to I'm I'm perceiving them to be ignorant about something. I'm I'm intolerant of it and I'm not doing the thing that I'm not utilizing the coping mechanism of accepting that that's just where they're at. You know, maybe they haven't been exposed to somebody with with addiction, or maybe the only people they have been exposed to are you know negative, you know, just all negative experiences, for for whatever reason. So yeah, it's intolerance and judge, judgment. Kind of obviously, that's why we that's why we put them together in an episode. I think. But, you know, for, for me, acceptance is, it kind of cures both of them. It, it is why we put them together. And, and, you know, the idea behind it, for me at least, is that intolerance is that far right end of the spectrum where judgment has just become overwhelming, that you are just purely intolerant. And for me, I think, as I said before, judgment is inevitable where intolerance is a learned behavior that can stop. I think that as 
we become educated, as we grow more empathetic, intolerance can stop. And it has to be a learned skill because, again, it'll go back to self-awareness. If I become self-aware and I practice that skill, the more that I'm able to understand the views, beliefs, opinions, and et cetera of other people, then my degree of intolerance lessens. It doesn't mean I agree with people. I can be sitting in meetings. I could be sitting in the park listening to people talk about politics. I mean, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I, I, I can have a conversation with people now and not go to that extreme of intolerance. Here's a perfect example. My grandmother, God bless her soul, she is amazing and she is so religious. I really think that she could be canonized as a saint. She is on EWTN every day, sends the money, and is constantly talking to me about the church and how her church is this and how, you know, and, and before um, I had this conversation with her, um, she was always like, Jason, why don't you come back to the church? You know, Jason, keep praying. Jason, keep doing this. And I finally, through the help of my sponsor, was able to say, hey, I accept and um, understand your religious beliefs. They just aren't mine. But I was really intolerant with her where I would get into arguments with her and try and to use the knowledge that I have against her to somehow change her mind about her religion or something. I don't know what my motive was, but I was trying to really be combative and intolerant with her religious views because it made me feel better about my own. And after I did the work where I became self-aware of my motives of, uh, you know, the way that I was really arguing and bickering with her about this. And when I got to the point of acceptance, like you said, Ben, I can have a conversation with her. And now, even if she says, Jason, why don't you come back to the church or Jason, you know, have you prayed to this person or that person? I don't get upset anymore. She's 90 some years old. Like, what's the point? You know, and not only that, but it helps me stay centered in who I am. And, you know, the if anyone has read the 12 and 12, the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's a book published on um, on some in some of the literature there's a, a part in step 11 that talks about um, being tolerant of other people so that we can have, we can be at peace with ourselves. And I am a great example of that because now I don't get so upset. I don't get upset, period, when we have these conversations. So Ben, along those lines, do you think that to tolerate and to accept are two different things. Because I, I said before, and I think that they have some degree of similarity, but when you said um, you can tolerate X, Y, Z, I, I forget exactly what you said, my immediate reaction was, oh, I don't want to just be tolerated. I want to be understood. 
However, when we talk about tolerance, it has a different connotation to it. So what do you think about like tolerant, tolerance, acceptance? I mean, I think that acceptance allows me to be tolerant. It's, I, 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 I kind of, I put them hand in hand. If I'm, if I'm not, if my intolerance level is way up, it's because I'm unaccepting of person, place, thing, or situation in, in my life. You know, so I, I need to raise that acceptance level and get to a place of understanding so that it, balances out my tolerance. So I, I, they, for those two, for those two kind of actually go hand in hand for me. And then, and as I become more tolerant, my judgment, my level of judgment goes down because I'm now tolerant of more people. And then I'm realizing that, you know, like you, like you said, in the situation with your grandmother, where you get to a point where, you know, you, you accept and you tolerate it. And, and you kind of realize that it's not worth you know, the hurt feelings. It's not worth the bruised ego. It's not, yeah, for me, it's not worth, you know, I, I really like kind of, kind of like what I was, you know, in the story I was just referencing about trying to explain uh, disease, uh, addiction as a disease. Like I just kind of do a cost benefit and it's like, I'm just going to tolerate the situation and accept that this is where this person's at because I don't really feel like making a judgment about them because it's not worth my time. Like it's, not that my time is too good. It's just that I, of the emotional capital that I have, it's finite and I don't want to spend it because at the end of the day, it's just a difference of opinion. And that's, there's a saying about opinions, but we're a family podcast, so I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I think acceptance is, it's really a state of mind. It's being at peace with something. So if you accept, I mean, it's the serenity prayer, right? It's, I mean, we, the whole episode is based around the serenity prayer, you know, accept the things we cannot change, um, change the things we can know the difference, right? So knowing the difference between what I can change, which is me and change and not what I can change, which is others, that's really being at peace. And you know, Jason, what you were saying is you got to a point where you were at peace with somebody else having a different opinion than you. And it's okay to have, I have extreme different opinions with my wife. We're on complete politically, uh, both on this pandemic, we are just on completely opposite sides. And she listens to this. She knows that. But I've accepted it, and I don't try to instill my opinions. We can talk about it, um, but it's okay, and we are both at peace with that. We've accepted that. So I think we're. I think once you get to that state, and and when you're trying to just tolerate something, you're just sitting there trying not to say something you're trying not to judge but in the in you know when you're tolerating you're literally judging and you're just sitting there like waiting for that person you know to either stop talking or something i i agree and something that you made me think of is now that we're sober i have a choice to be in that situation to be in that conversation or not I have been thinking about 
how how intolerant and how judgmental I am now of drunk people. When I go out, they drive me crazy. <laughs> and you know, it's 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 funny and it's aggravating. One because it reminds me of I must have been 10 times worse. Two, I just don't want to put up with that crap. Like, and, and I just don't want to be around them. And then I remember, oh, I have a choice. I can leave. I don't have to take a breathalyzer. I don't have to worry about getting pulled over. I can actually drive home and go watch Netflix or something. You know, I have, I have that choice. If I'm having an argument with someone or a debate with someone and it's turning into an argument, I have a choice to engage in that conversation or not. There are people in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and my rooms in, in Crystal Meth Anonymous that I just don't get along with on different levels. And that's okay because, you know, we're all individuals and, and we have our own right to our own thoughts and opinions and whatever we want. But I have a choice of not engaging with those people and choosing who I want to have in that circle around me. Do you see any value in exposing yourself to situations that you would otherwise deem uncomfortable like that? No, I'm not talking about the, you know, being around drunk people. Cause speaking of that really fast, Ben, when's the last time you went out? Like Jason's saying, when I go out, I don't even remember the last time I quote unquote went out. <laughs> yeah, went out. I mean, I'm, what is I'm, that? I'm, well, it's funny when he just when he was saying that I'm like, do I have anything to, that relates? And honestly, like, it's been it's like being around my family when yeah, they're yeah. when they're drinking and like they don't really get drunk, so it's like I don't, I yeah, I don't even really remember what that's like. Do um, we have an episode on jealousy or is that not? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, I thrive on an on an active social life. I, I, I would wither and die if I sat on this couch the entire time. Yeah, but no, I mean, Jason, I, I do kind of wonder, you know, when you talk about, um, you know, removing yourself from those debates, is it? Um, do you do you feel that you do you do you recognize immediately? Ah, I don't want to be here, and boom, or do you stay? and give it a chance to see if there's an element of something that you might not have otherwise been, you know, in tune with. That's an excellent question, Ben. And I think it depends. I really think it depends on if I see that the conversation is healthy, if it is a debate and not an argument, if I, am starting to learn something new. You know, I have specific political affiliations and I have friends who have other political affiliations. However, we can have conversations around politics that don't end up with, you're an asshole, no, you're an asshole, no, you're stupid, no, he's the God, or whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't end up like that. Because at the end of the day, and, and I take this when I find myself being judgmental, I find myself being intolerant with a, another human being. At the end of the day, I look at myself and I say, do I want to preserve this relationship? And if the answer is yes, then I do whatever I can to preserve that relationship. And sometimes it's, hey, it looks like we're at an impasse. 
I don't think that either of us are going to get anywhere with changing each other's minds. We've both started to spin ourselves in circles with our arguments. So let's just call it a day and go, I don't know, out. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Po- political uh, arguments are, are just awful. That's, that's why I stopped supporting the Whig party. <laughs> that, 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 uh, I, I, that should have been on our political bad dad pun podcast. That's the other podcast. I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, to your point though, Jason, there's a, there's a difference between trying to change somebody's mind and learning something new. And, and, you know, and I think that's, again, acceptance. I, I always wanted to win a debate. It wasn't even a debate. Like, that's you know, I, I kind of cringe at, if there weren't so many pictures of my daughters on Facebook, I would absolutely get rid of it because the, 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 the arguments that I had over the stupidest stuff, over Jets games and Mets games and, and politics and just Tim Tebow and just the, just the disaster of – you guys aren't sports fans. Never mind. But you know, Hold on. It, hold on. Hold on. You, did you just tell me I'm not a sports fan? I watch football. I watch football, baseball, golf, basketball. What are you talking about? I, I was, That's getting cut out of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We, Jason and I were looking at each other because what is there to argue about Tim Tebow? The fact that he prays? Oh, I hated Tim Tebow. I hated I, Tim Tebow. Oh, okay. I think, I think the more controversial character would have been Colin Kaepernick if you wanted yeah. to bring someone up. Oh, well, but it's so, and yeah, Colin Kaepernick was just an individual that I couldn't even begin to, to take one side or the other because I had literally gotten to the end of that, that, that train of just arguing on social media where you would spend, you know, I would spend hours like getting this post of three paragraphs exactly right and wait until I crush you. And then the person responds with their own three paragraph post and didn't, it wasn't point counterpoint. It was just two people just in the same room yelling to the other side of the room, and and I, bef- I isolated, you know, which is you know kind of where I was going with that uh, conversation. You know, when I asked you, Jason, I isolated. I just removed myself from it, but it did, I didn't do anything about it. Now, because I have things like the ability to be ex- to to be tolerant of others, because I can accept where somebody else is at, I have a chance now to learn something new. And I also have, like you said, the choice to pull myself out of something that's really not going to create any value uh, in, in, in my life. And, and the thing is, is that that's not healthy, you know, to, to just go back and forth and lobbing these bombs at each other. I mean, it doesn't preserve a relationship. And, you know, I, I remember when we first came out of rehab and someone in our group said, oh, I'm smoking pot. And I launched off at him because that's not my program. And back to what Chris was saying, who am I to say that? Yeah, it's not my program. And so why do I have any right to judge the way that he is running his program? You know, and and it just led to that intolerance. And now I have the skills and now I have the understanding of, okay, that may not be something that I would do or um, lead my sponsees to do, 
Right. But it's his program. Right, because we're egomaniacs at the end of the day. That's what that's really what it is. It's it's our ego. It was our ego that got us to the point where you know, that got us into rehab. Our ego is being out of control. You know, taking away the drink and the drug was doesn't isn't going to fix that. So you when we talk about about all of this judgment and intolerance is because, like, you're not doing it as good as I am. I look, look at my life. I'm sober. This is great. You, I think that leads back to what you were just talking about in the beginning, too, Ben. Right. Exactly. That's that's uh, yeah. Just you know, I, I'm circuitous, one might say. Wow. Yeah. Another word uh, the, yeah, exactly. Word of the do- toilet, toilet paper. paper. <laughs> yep. But yeah, that that's it, it's it's you know just it's just about acceptance, man. Yeah, so we're a sobriety podcast. We're a recovery podcast, to be more specific. And this whole episode is really kind of what Ben was saying. It's about being an adult. It's about learning how to live a an adult and mature lifestyle, um, something that we lacked for a long time. And that was something that uh, we were unable to get to and be mature and think and ha- make choices, like Jason saying, is this serving me? Now, my mother always says that. Just ask yourself, is XYZ serving me? Is that something, you know, that's positively or negatively serving me? So although we're a recovery podcast, it's a also life lessons here. It absolutely is life lessons because, you know, for me at least, I'm not just a recovered drug addict and alcoholic. I'm so many things in life. And being in a recovery program is a big part and something that's woven in every single one of my decisions, but it's not my only part. And, you know, to your point, Ben, these steps that I'm taking is a program for living. And it's not just about the drink or the drug, because when we take that away, we have an entire life around us. Well, I think that this is a great place to stop. Um, You know, if uh, you are listening to the podcast and you'd like to weigh in, we'd love for you to leave a comment on our Instagram, Facebook, YouTube channel, or send us an email at SoberSolutionsPodcast at gmail.com. Really great episode tonight. And as always, each and every episode is dedicated to the still sick and suffering alcoholic and addict, especially the individual who's going to pick up for the first time tonight. Have a good night, guys. Have a good night. Have a good night. We appreciate your liking and subscribing to our podcast. If you liked what you heard today and would like to support our podcast, feel free to Venmo a dollar to our virtual basket at Sober Solutions Podcast. We want to hear from you too. If you have a comment, question, topic, or would like to come on the show, find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Sober Solutions Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email to SoberSolutionsPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show.